0: Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Why it matters.
1: Money FM 89.3, it is now time for Why It Matters. Uh, We're going to talk about how Singapore, one of the safest construction industries on Earth, has got the second lowest incident rate of any country. That's uh, according to a recent study.
0: But there's no doubt that construction sites are risky workplaces or riskier than most others. Singapore had 46 workplace deaths in 2022. That's the worst year since 2016. Yeah, so 2023
1: saw a 21.7% drop due to a slew of measure has been put in place, uh, all this to curb a worrying spate of worker deaths
0: in the previous year. However, as Singapore Senior Minister of State for Manpower Zaki Mohamed highlighted in a speech delivered at the National Trades Union Congress event on workplace safety and health, these improvements to workplace safety should not be viewed as an end goal and efforts to create safer workplaces will need to continue.
1: Yeah, we've got research from Autodesk suggesting that this is due to challenges faced by local construction players uh, accurately tracking what happens on work sites. So that could be an obstacle that could be addressed through tech, of course. Well, on the line to help us out with this conversation is Sumit Oberoi, who is Senior Manager for APEC Construction Strategy at Autodesk. Sumit, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Good afternoon, Elliot and Tim. Thanks for having me along this afternoon.
0: So, Sumit, let's let's get right into it. There were about 80 incidents, uh, workplace safety incidents in the first half of 2023. What do you think is contributing to all this?
2: Yeah, look, I want to kick off by saying, look, everyone deserves to come home safely. And it really is a shared responsibility between employers and employees. But if we assess the Singapore situation, you know, as we've come out of COVID, had a bit of a dichotomy where, you know, we're losing experienced workers. The pandemic also saw a talent drain from Singapore. And also, you know, the challenges associated with, I should say, diminishing profitability puts a lot of Pressure on the the businesses to actually invest in in their key people. So we have a real challenge with you know being able to meet the demands of, of projects, but also investing in the future of our people.
1: Does that mean that this problem is similar to other parts of the region?
2: Look, I think there's similarities, but also I think um, uh, you know as you look in other parts of uh, of Asia, particularly in Australia, I think the the, the structure has been different, but I think across the board, we are seeing you know challenges with replenishing uh, people within the the workforce, and also investing in um, in that sort of long term perspective of of what our career pathway looks like for uh, people in the construction industry.
0: Ms. how important is visibility in the construction industry? Because your, your report highlighted that uh, industry players are facing these challenges on visibility on work sites, with many of them experiencing challenges even accessing and managing the safety-related uh, data and misaligned communications. What do you mean by these challenges?
2: Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, having that sort of um, visibility from design to construction and handover is, is critically important you know, being able to engage teams differently so they can uh, ensure that they um, hand over information so others that are involved in the intricate nature of construction processes can identify risks before they uh, materialise. So, you know, we've seen some really good examples in Singapore through organisations like Straits Construction where they've been able to leverage, you know, constructible models, you know, whether they're 3D based with more data and associated with it to get an understanding of where potential safety risks would be for their workers and that really ties into some some real clever pieces around you know what are some of those paper-based processes that have moved away from that to to be a bit more proactive and help um, their safety teams really understand where the challenges are on a worksite
1: being proactive surely would play a part. I've voiced several safety videos and I would imagine people get bored after listening to the <laughs> step one to step 100. Uh, so how, you, I mean, you, you talked about technology helping us here. Any case study you could show where where a digital first approach helps the safety of a construction site?
2: I think I just mentioned quickly with Straits construction, but also, okay. you know, with, with, with other, you know, fantastic customers that we work with, like Boosted Projects, you know, they've been able to, tie in savings associated with logistics management quality quality control and also safety and so from a quality control perspective they've had a 40 percent improvement and cutting down the the associated time associated with identifying defects and um and rectifying those now while that this is on the quality side there's a intrinsic uh, link between safety and quality on the construction side so any way in which we can Tie in that design piece with safety and quality in mind. We're going to get a better outcome for our clients.
0: So, Sumit, with all the technology in place, then what about barriers to adoption, especially within traditional industries like construction? Are, are, are these challenges, and how do you how do you convince uh, players to to adapt to, new, to newer technologies?
2: Yeah, so I think um, fundamentally the technology industry needs to move away from the notion of speaking to customers with a rip and replace mindset. So going to businesses and saying, drop that piece of technology, adopt us. I think we need to move a bit more than that and actually understand the business outcomes that these organizations are trying to achieve, understanding their capabilities of what they want to achieve, where do they want to go as a business, and then understand those underpinning workflows that help them get to a better stage. Once we can get visibility on those key things, then we can bring the technology piece into it. But having said that, we also need to know, you know, where the business is in delivering these projects. Are they doing it sort of an ad hoc level? Are they a bit opportunistic? You know, are they standardising on certain pieces? Are they trying to drive leadership? So we need to sort of have a bit more of a mature conversation around where the business is going, where are the gaps in their capabilities and how can we, support them to win together.
1: So, I mean if you don't mind, I'd like to expand on that a little bit. Uh, so last week we had the Singapore budget releasing how, if you're 40 and above, there are more credits for skills future, obviously uh, in a view to upgrade yourself. What's being done, and, and, and to your point that you just made, what's being done in the managerial uh, uh, segment of the construction industry to identify people that need to upgrade in skills so that they can understand these new technologies that are coming into play?
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a really really, really good question because I think as a business we're we're very focused on the project nature of the business, winning a project, delivering the project, getting it getting another project and doing the same. But what we need to do is actually understand the ten year journey and the horizon of that individual in our business. So, you know, they come in, where where should they be in year two or year three? And what's the pathway? So what how do we intersect between their individual development plan the company's opportunity that they're providing and how do we partner with the universities and the tertiary sector differently and the trade-based um, vocational efforts of depending on where they are so I see it as a real connected piece between you know the three pieces of individual organization and you know the the, the post post trade or postgraduate level bringing that all together and and developing that plan of what that person's 10 year plan would look like because one day they'll come off the tools and hopefully be, you know, general management or managing director of the organization. So we need to be able to enunciate that position.
0: Okay. Uh, so what's next for Singapore's construction industry summit?
2: Look, I think that we're seeing some great innovation in Singapore. You know, we work really closely with um, some real leaders in there Obi Singapore, you know, driving some uh, productivity improvement, boosted projects, which I mentioned, straight construction build so those. just to name four of those. But I think the government has really put a lot of great leadership in the hands of the Building Construction Authority. And a number of the associations are really rallying around what, how can they help their businesses, you know, future-proof longer term. So how do we invest in a pro, the programs? How do we support the government's integrated digital, digital delivery program and hopefully improve uh, the benefit of the taxpayer in terms of what projects are getting delivered so really investing in the future from uh, the lens of where do we want our people to be we want the industry to be a f- industry of first choice let's allow them to have the the skills the tools and the capabilities of the future we've
1: been speaking with sumit Oberoi, who is senior manager for apex construction strategy at autodesk sumit appreciate your time today take care and have a great tuesday
2: thanks for having me to listen
1: to
0: more great interviews download our podcasts at audio.sg